Have you ever wanted to learn more about your finances? Do you have terrible spending habits? Are you trying to save up for something but can't seem to get started? You have come to the right place. All intellectuals care about their finances and want to manage them better. But us dummies just don't know how yet. This podcast is all about helping you learn about your finances so you can become an informed and successful intellectual. Hi, everybody, and welcome to Financing for Intellectual Dummies. This is Emily, and hopefully I can give you some easy tips and tricks on managing your finances simply and effectively. Today's how-to is all about asking for help and moving forward in your career and in life. We will first cover how to create a resume and cover letter for job interviews, then talk about how to create and stick to long-term goals, and lastly, how to ask for help both financially and in general. First things first, what should you bring to an interview? You should bring a cover letter and resume to every interview no matter what job you are applying for, and you should always send a follow-up email afterwards. The cover letter is a personalized letter that, if done correctly, will remind the interviewer of who you are as a person, while the resume will cover your credentials and qualifications. The thank you follow-up email is to highlight a couple key points from the interview, thank the interviewer for their time, and wrap up the interview process. Now let's discuss what is a resume. A resume is basically all of your professional background that potential employers can peruse to learn about your qualifications for the job. Most resumes will include sections for education, experience, skills and awards, extracurricular activities, and references. All resumes will have your name as the title, followed by your contact information and an objective, which is a statement that summarizes what you are using this resume for. For example, if you are applying to become a waitress, your objective would look very different from the one you used to apply for a job at, say, a law firm. Your education should include your highest level of completed education with GPA and associated credits that are unique to you. Your experience should include work history as well as volunteer hours if they are relevant in some way to the job you are applying for. Volunteer work can also show future employers that you are well-rounded, So even if the work you did does not directly relate to the job at hand, it might still be worth mentioning. Under each listing for experience, you should have two to four bullet point statements summarizing your duties. This way, you can highlight specific things about your experience that make you a unique candidate for this position. Extracurricular activities are usually only included in resumes that are used for admission into college or graduate school, but depending on your chosen career, they might be relevant. Under skills and awards, you can put things like computer skills or certifications you may have, scholarships you have earned, or anything else that is relevant in your career path. Basically, the key with resumes is keeping everything relevant to the job you are applying for. References are either professional or personal depending on the circumstances and should include the person's name and contact information. Usually, it's a good idea to include at least one previous employer in your references. Cover letters are more personalized in that you can write to your potential employers about yourself as a person and tell a story so that they remember who you are and or elaborate on some key points from your resume. To a certain extent, all resumes will look very similar and the format is very rigid, so your cover letter is where you can be flexible with the formatting and shine a little bit before your interview. After your interview, always send a follow-up email thanking the interviewer for their time and recapping some of the things you talked about. All three of these documents are super important when applying for a job, and luckily there are many pre-made templates for each. 
Pinterest, Microsoft Word, and even just using a search engine will provide you with ample templates to customize to you. Now, onto the tricky part, asking for help. I know this seems like a simple concept, but it is important to know where resources are located and how to ask for additional help. Since most of you listening are likely in high school or college and are not officially in the real world, or you are just entering the real world and need a little guidance, oftentimes it is scary to ask for help. You might feel overwhelmed or helpless, but do not give up hope. Everyone struggles with money at some point in their life in some form or fashion. The trick is knowing when to ask for help and not letting yourself spiral into debt or end up having no retirement savings. If you are unsure of where to begin, try listening to podcasts like these for tips and tricks on saving and spending habits, watching video lessons, visiting websites like Good Money Habits for Students or your college's financial management center, or even Pinterest, and reaching out to experienced adults in your life. It is always smart to find a mentor in your career path, but it is equally as important to find someone older than you who manages their money effectively to guide you in your journey. Whether this person is your mom, your grandpa, your cousin, your counselor, or your financial advisor, the information and guidance you will receive will be beneficial. Don't be afraid to reach out to people you trust to help you figure out your finances. A few things that could be considered financial red flags that require assistance from an outside source include credit card debt, notice of multiple overdrafts, missing bill payments, having little to no money in your savings account or emergency fund, and living paycheck to paycheck. If you are feeling overly stressed about your finances, reach out to make adjustments. If you are worried that you will not be able to pay for a necessity, reach out for guidance on how to make budget cuts and adjustments. If you need help, ask someone you trust to guide you through your financial crisis. Never be ashamed to ask for assistance. In recent episodes, we discussed how to create and stick to long-term goals, but this concept can be an exceptional challenge, so I wanted to highlight some of the key points. Some things to remember when saving are how long you have to save up, how much you need to save in total, how much you can realistically save every month to satisfy these goals. If you are unsure of how to make budget cuts to save enough for your goals, ask for help or refer to earlier episodes in this podcast. Remember to pay yourself first, that is, set aside funds for your savings in addition to your fixed costs each month for bills before spending your discretionary income. If you force a reasonable amount of savings into your budget, you will usually be able to satisfy both your living expenses as well as your savings goals. Start practicing now by saving for little things like shoes or home decorations so that when you have to start saving for bigger expenses like a car or surgery, you are prepared. In conclusion, we discussed the importance of a resume, cover letter, and follow-up email in the interview process, as well as when to ask for help financially, and we went back over one of the more difficult financial concepts of long-term savings. Stay tuned for our next episode on how to save for emergencies and retirement. This is Emily, and from one intellectual dummy to another, thank you for listening.